Hey you, welcome to the Real Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Abigail Drayback. This podcast is all about being ridiculous, relatable, and real. May this serve as a place where we as women can laugh together, cry together, and as I like to say, call one another up. So I invite you on this complicated and messy journey to discover what it looks like to be real with each other, and most importantly, ourselves. So let's do it, girl. Let's get real. Welcome, everybody. It has been so long since I produced my last podcast. Woo-woo. Welcome. If you're here and it's been a while and you even remember what For Real Girl even is, we are going to be talking about being chased down haunted trails. We're going to be talking about fears. And we are going to be talking about probably a lot of other things. And so if you're somebody who could use a good laugh or a good cry or maybe just want to listen to a friend talk, um, this is the podcast for you. So welcome to the Freaky Friday edition of yours truly's life. And so hopefully you find some joy, laugh, and some heartfelt uh, intentional moments with me. So welcome and thank you for, yeah being here. So with it being Halloween, I thought I would share some uh, Halloween related stories. My university is pretty close to this cute little farm located just outside of our town. And in this farm, they always have a haunted trail. It's always adorable. And uh, I've only ever been to this haunted trail twice. And I'm not a big scary person fan like I hate scary movies I will not watch a lot of them and if I do it is going to you know be a very very sleepless night and so the first year I went I went with a bunch of co-workers and we're walking down this trail and of course my co-workers are pushing me towards the front um, because for one I have an epic scream so it is like a car alarm or a siren it's just a good warning that will you know alert everybody else behind me and also everybody else in the field that danger is coming and so you know we go through this trail and things are okay like no one's touching me nothing really like crazy happens there's some jump scares until i saw this clown hiding in the corn and so i pointed this clown out where he was and showed my coworkers. and this clown got very upset that i stole his thunder on his opportunity to scare us so in turn this very creepy clown then chased me through several of like the station so like i was running solid like five minutes clown has chased me through a cornfield and so you know everybody's worst fear or most people's getting chased by a clown and and i'm out of breath and eventually like i turn around and like i'm as i'm running i'm thinking and i'm like what the heck i did not pay to work out tonight okay i paid to get scared and for one i'm getting a two for one and this is the one time i don't want to deal beyond what i really paid for and so i stop and i turn around and i'm like I had to think to myself, like, for one, I need to catch my breath because holy tamole, um, running through a cornfield, not that easy. If you've ever done it, it's not that easy. And then two, I was just like, Abigail, you intentionally paid to get scared. You're getting scared. But also, what is there to truly be scared of? Like, what if you did stop running? And what if you face this clown dead on? What is this clown going to do? And so I stopped and... I turned around and the clown like was still coming at me and then all of a sudden they stopped and just looked at me and we just had this moment of like I don't know like mutual understanding good game like good good job and then they walked away and as I stood there alone because I definitely left all my co-workers in the dust because if you'll make me go in the front 
I'm going to leave you behind. Um, free for all, very selfish, I know, but hey, it's, it's a hard knock life out there. And so as I'm standing there alone, I'm realizing that I don't have anybody who can share in this moment with me, who understand what just happened. Uh, I don't have anybody with my side to like then, you know, protect me as I'm walking through this next part of the cornfield. And, uh, and just realizing like, you know, most of life is going to have to be me facing my fears and having to make a decision if I'm going to continually try to outrun them or if I'm going to stand up and say enough. And so fast forward to this next year, a year later, I go to the trail with my friend Elizabeth. And uh, me and my friend Elizabeth are very similar in the aspect of we scream a lot, we laugh a lot, and we just, yeah, freak out a lot. And so we're pretty hyped together along with the rest of my friend group. And so it's just her and I going through the Haunted Trail this time. And the Haunted Trail like seems way scarier than the year before. And they just really upped their game. And so I was not ready for that. And so, and I was not wearing the right shoes. I was wearing like... Uh, these ridiculous cute boots, you know what I'm talking about, but not practical boots. You know, great for photo ops, but not for running. And you would think after realizing that I ran last year that it could be a high likelihood that I would have to run again. But you know, cute versus functional, everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? And so we're walking to the trail and you know, honestly, it's like really mild and not as bad as I thought. And then all of a sudden we get to this point where we get to this cabin and uh there's this man who's just like he's a big man he is a a big you know what i'm saying and like i was just like dang rough looking man and he has like this grisly voice and he just starts screaming at us and i'm just like oh this is unsettling like i can deal with clowns a little bit more but uh this guy's screaming at me and in my face and i'm wearing a mask so thank goodness because like i swear he spit a little and you know he's just like yelling at me about covid about all this different stuff and uh he's asking me why i'm there and what is my intentions and mind you he's a part of the operation they have i was just like i felt like it was a little bit far And, um, he, I wasn't saying it. He was so close to my face that I just closed my eyes and he was still screaming at me. And he's like, what, can't you speak little girl? And my friend's just like, "Ah, I don't know what's going on. And I'm just like closing my eyes. And my friend's like, honestly, I thought you were praying. And I was like, I wasn't praying. I was just, (laughs) you know, not trying to get saliva in my face. But in that moment, you know, unlike the clown eventually, you know, backed off, but this guy wasn't. And uh, I had to think about like how I would articulate, you know, my thoughts and feelings in this moment with being respectful and practical and also facing my fears. And um, I start responding to him and the more I respond to them, the more he gets into my face. And uh, then he asks, like, well, how are you going to get through the cabin? Like, why are you here? And the cabin's like how you get through the rest of the corn maze. And so I, uh, you know, was just like, you know what? I'm here. I would like to have a tour, like, of your house. Can you show me a tour of your house? Remaining relatively calm as he's still, like, screaming in my face and all this different stuff. And just really up in my business. Eventually we get through, but then he keeps yelling and stuff. But it's interesting because sometimes those things in our life, they don't come 
at us as intimidating initially as other like fears or doubts. So the clown with the blood on his face with an axe running through the cornfield a little bit more initially scary and intimidating. But this big man coming at me with scars on his face like not quite as initially intimidating but scary in the aspect of he did not back down. And so in those moments where it's easy to get stuck, feel stuck by fear, I would recommend taking a breath, actually praying, um, and thinking through that this is just a moment and realizing that, you know, as much as it felt like we were not in control in that moment, but you're still in control. I, in that moment, as my eyes were closed, was reminding myself I'm still in control. As then we proceeded through the rest of the, the maze, consistent standing up for myself in that moment with that guy in the cabin reminded me that I do have authority that I do have control and that I can have confidence even when my circumstances feel out of control. And so as we're going throughout the rest of the maze, there's definitely some points where I wish me and my friend were like die together, stay together. But there was many moments where she shoved me in the cornfield. I shoved her in some of the houses and uh, yeah, we eventually made it out together. But we're not like I am not a physical touch person. So like holding on to somebody is really difficult for me. <laughs> and so especially when there's like creepy people. Yeah, so anyway, there's definitely moments where we were not with each other. And um, no matter how far we ran and whatever, like even if she was ahead or I was ahead, the one thing that we couldn't outrun was ourselves. When Elizabeth was on her own, she was freaking out because she's like, oh my gosh, I would go, where are you? Like, don't leave me like that or vice versa. Because she didn't want to be alone because she didn't know what was hiding in the cornfield. She didn't know what was ahead. She didn't like that feeling of being unsettled and vice versa. Obviously, as we went out through the cornfield, it kept getting scarier and scarier and scarier. And eventually, like, this really creepy person came up with big eyes and kind of looked like what you would stereotypically imagine a demon looking like, which I'm not a fan of, and really got in my face. These people were really about, not about social distancing, and I was just like, what? Not a fan. Um, thankfully, the rest of the people had masks on, unlike the guy in the cabin, but, uh... And this person just was like doing their darnest to scare us. And eventually, like, I look over, I scream back at them. Ah, stop. Hey, you, you who are screaming, you who are up in my business. Hey, you're not the only one who can scare. You're not the only one who has a voice. You're not the only one who has control in this situation. And I scared that the person, whoever was in the costume, like they jumped. I, I tell you all of this in the aspect of like there's so many points throughout like these haunted trails that have taught me about facing fears at different moments. Fears of, um, you know, like feeling out of control. And, you know, when you're in these situations, like you sign up to be in these situations. But at moments it feels like the, for me, it felt like some lines were crossed. And where I was just like, no, enough. I had to find my voice, whether it was with Elizabeth at moments or whether it was alone. And sometimes facing fears is not because you just need to get through that house or you just need to get through that next step. Sometimes it's doing that because you need to get somebody else through that too. It's amazing in life when you have an Elizabeth who you can go through that next chapter with and do it afraid with. 
But what if in life you don't have that person? What if you are like me that first year getting chased by something and you're on the other side and everybody else is behind or on a different point and you're afraid about what else is going to pop up? What if you're the only one who can face that fear? Well, the reality is, is that you are the only one that can face that fear. And you may, just like I was, able to outrun that clown. The reality is, is there's always going to be something up ahead. There's always going to be another thing popping up at you that you didn't see coming. And the only thing is, is that you're never going to be able to outrun yourself. I say all of this because, man, that has been me this last, you know, week or so. I have been processing a lot this couple months here at Stout and, um, you know, really dealing with fears I have, like the feeling of being inadequate, the feeling of like, what if I don't measure up or what if I fail at this or what if I'm unqualified for that position or what if I just, you know, can't make this dream happen. Things just kept coming up and last week was just such a week of where it felt like I was in my own haunted trail. Things, demons, witches people with creepy werewolf faces like kept popping up within my own life and I just couldn't handle it and I was like y'all I just want a break like when does this trail end you know and I don't have an Elizabeth at this moment like these things that are popping up are only seen because they're only meant for me not for anybody else so I had to walk through my own on a trail last week and it was dark and it was lonely and it was depressing and it was filled with anxiety and filled with pain. I hated every minute of it. And then I remembered what I had to do in that moment of facing those creatures. I had to take a step inwardly or literally back and close my eyes. And I had to realize where my attention was supposed to be. By closing my eyes with that man in the cabin, it was so that way my focus wasn't on him. It was so that way my focus was on me and on God. So just like in that moment, closing my eyes, I had to do that last week. When all these fears, all these doubts, all this shame started coming at me, I had to close my eyes. And I had to remember, whoa, Abigail, where is your focus? Where is it? Is it on these fears and doubts? Is it on the pain that you have right now? The physical pain that I'm dealing with? I'm having extreme stomach pains right now. And all my attention and all of my energy over the past couple of months have been on my health. And yet it seems like anytime I do anything, it never works. And then all these fears and doubts and shame come. And I just felt done. Well... The reason was I was running and running and running and running, trying to make it forward, trying to outrun all these fears, trying to outrun the things that were even in the future that may pop up. And the reality is we're not meant to sustain in life that way. We can't outrun the future. You just can't. So what's the point of running so hard and trying to make things happen when you know eventually you're going to get winded and run out of energy and need a break? I was at church this last week and God really used the sermon and just uh, our pastor and other speakers to really convict me on how I was focusing on all those like outer obstacles, outer creatures, instead of focusing on him. Uh, the topic of the week was basically um, talking to your pain. And for me, I needed to hear that um, both phys physical reasons of like, 
you're not going to be in control of my happiness. You're not going to be in control of where, how I see myself or view myself. Also, it was for mental, physical, like, um, things too, like to, uh, pursue applying for a position, um, within my job. Uh, I feel unqualified for, okay, but I had to do it, doing it afraid, you know? Do you ever have those doubts where like, oh, I'm, I'm so unqualified and I can't do this, but I'm going to do it afraid because deep down we know we can do it, but we have all those doubts. And then recently I uh, decided to change my career path. And honestly, it has been the best process and also the scariest process because there's so much opportunities for failure or what we anticipate failure being. And so as I'm changing my career um, in my future and all the unknowns of that, I'm just like, God, I don't know how you're going to make this happen. God, I don't know how you're going to provide. My focus for the past year and a half was on my fears and not God. So for the past year and a half, my focus was on unforgiveness towards other people, specifically in ministry. My focus was on um, my physical health that, you know, was screwing me it felt like my focus was on all the wrongs and hurts um that I had caused or other people had caused my focus was on being in control and planning out my life so for the past year and a half I've been striving to convince myself that I was going to be a clinical counselor why oh well this would be the easiest way to avoid pain because it's gonna be hard but it's going to be a lot more emotionally stable for me, even though people are like, what? Counseling? That's a hard job. That is not emotionally stable. But for me, it was the aspect of it's a lot harder to get hurt when you're not in intimate relationship with somebody. So yes, as a client and as a professional, you do have a relationship, but it's not dependent on each other in the aspect of like an intimate relationship with a friend or, you know, a family member. And so I liked that aspect of it, that there was less potential to be super deeply wounded. Unlike, you know, ministry, you know, I feel like ministry can get very complicated and there can be a lot of hurt and there can be a lot of division. And I've experienced some of that both on my part and on other people's. And I just was like, yeah, mm -mm, I'm not about that. That's too exhausting. Uh, I'm bitter. Like, no. And God was just like, you know, Abigail, like, let it be. Let go. <laughs> Your focus has not been on me for a while. And uh, the funny thing is, is that as I was planning my career as a clinical counselor, uh, I was avoiding uh, spending time with God. So I thought that indirectly, if I didn't associate or pursue things that made my heart sing, like serving in ministry contexts or getting involved in organizations that I got to talk about God with, that I would not get hurt as much. That I would not, if somehow I took a different route on that haunted trail, that it'd be a little less painful. That's false. <laughs> That's so false. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so false. Because just like I can't outrun myself, I can't outrun God. <laughs> so yeah, that's a miserable deal. And the aspect of like, God will sit with me and feels my pain just as much as I do, which is good. And also sometimes it's bad because you're like, I just want to be alone. But the reality is, is we're never going to be alone because we'll always have ourselves and we'll always have God. So as, uh, you know, I'm dealing with that reality and... 
uh, learning how to forgive and repenting of my unforgiveness for people. God is like softening my heart. I was actually also Elizabeth who in the last month was talking to me and was saying like, hey, Abigail, there's a lot of weird incidences that keep happening. And I think that might be God. And I was just like, Elizabeth, stop over-spiritualizing it. It's probably not God. It's just coincidences. And I found myself at a coffee shop like a week later and, you know, really praying to God and being like, I know I have a lot of bitterness and unforgiveness and like teach me what to do with this. If this is you talking to me, you need to make it clear. Okay, God. And as I'm sitting in this coffee shop doing an online class uh, in this other town where I usually go for doctor's appointments every Wednesday, there's this man who walks into the coffee shop and uh, God uses this man to make some things clear to me. And so as I'm, I'm doing my class, uh, I had a book that I was reading previously. It's like a theology book that I really like to read. And he comes up and asks me about it, asking if I was studying Bible and theology and all this different stuff. And I said, no, I'm studying psychology. And then all of a sudden, um, my fears get faced with uh, some hope because I had to take a breath. And in this moment of me stopping on the running from my fears or running fast enough to run past my fears before they freak me out in life, this man shows up and takes a moment out of his day to talk to me. As I'm catching my breath from all the running I'm doing, we start talking about life and he asked me about ministry and why I was reading this theology book and we started talking about, you know, God and ministry and just life in general and the things going on in our world, the brokenness and uh, how to how to love people and meet people and 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 do better in that. And um, the way he saw ministry was something like I've never seen before because a lot of how he saw ministry was what I had envisioned ministry can be and could be, but never had anybody say like, yeah, that's okay or that's that is good or you are on the right track or who also equally wants that change in in such a genuine and rich way out of the love of God. And I had been so used to other ways of ministry where it was just exhausted and it didn't feel fruitful and it felt hopeless and broken and, uh, and not saying it was other ministries because of it, but it's just the complicatedness of being in ministry and in myself and sometimes the pre-existing culture that comes from Christianity and religion that often can taint the love or the passion or the vision that God gives us on how to live life with him and out of love for him with his people. And so that's how this guy was talking. And I was just like, whoa, God, like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> this is really encouraging. Uh, he asked to take a picture with me and, uh, and I asked why. And he said, well, um, I am this founder of this Christian organization in the Twin Cities. And uh, I'm actually interviewing this uh, theologian later this week. Well, this theologian. Uh, I was like freaking out. I was like, wait, you're telling me for one that you're going to meet uh, the theologian is uh, Wayne Grudman. And uh, I was like fangirling. I was like, you're going to meet Wayne? Like Wayne Grudman. Like he's going to indirectly know who I am because he's going to see a picture of my face. Like what? Like what? For anybody who knows me, like this is like the equivalent of meeting Beyonce for most people. Like I love 
things like this or getting to meet theologians and all this different stuff like oh my gosh like ah like i just i freak out and so i just become such a like yeah like a fangirl like oh my gosh what anyway and then also meeting this man who is the founder of this organization which ironically this organization um i you know I won't reveal the name of like this man or organization because I haven't asked them for permission uh, to like share his information like in this podcast. So I want to be respectful about that. But he didn't know this, but a year ago, like a little less than a year ago, right as I was having the stomach problems, went to uh, an event of his. And it was like this worship night in the cities with um, some friends of mine and feeling like God saying like there will be... um, freedom in the pain and yet like here I am six months later in uh this other town for my pain and the founder of this organization shows up and uh he asked me if there's anything he can pray with or like for and out of everything I asked for prayer for I asked for clarity on future stuff um instead of maybe pain I don't know and uh he asked me like what was the vision and I told him a vision I had but felt like God closed the door on and he was like okay well let's pray for a new dream let's pray for a new goal and as he was praying for me you know how God just does things like where like people just speak things into your lives that you know no one else knows or this random stranger wouldn't know because you haven't talked to them so it's clearly God like, it's not generic stuff, but it's very specific things. And you're just like, hashtag wrecked by Jesus yet again. What? And it was that moment for me. And in that came so much clarity about some things I'd been wrestling with, with um, potential relationships, with awesome opportunities um, at my university that I needed to say no to. And it made no sense to me. And the biggest clarity of it all was that you know, I'm talking this whole podcast, I'm talking about closing your eyes so that way you can fix your focus on Jesus. Well, in that moment, a refocus fix in my whole life for Jesus, meaning we were praying for this goal, which I thought would be like this new vision of like a career or calling, but it so clearly came back like the goal, the goal, the dream, the vision for me, it was the OG goal that I had from the very beginning. It was Jesus. It was knowing him. It was falling madly in love with him. It was getting to explore who God is and why he is who he is and why he loves us. And spending my life with him. That's the dream. That's the goal. He's it. He's it. He's always been it. And so in that, I just was wrecked. And uh, and this guy probably has no idea how much of an effect he had just by him being obedient and listening to the spirit to just have a simple conversation with me. Because as amazing as this man is, this came because of God moving this man's heart, you know? And so for that, I'm always going to be grateful for him and other people um, who were obedient to the movement of God through them. Whenever you experience something like that, it's so important to remember that it's not that person, but it's the movement and motion of who God is and the love he has for you that... um is coming through and so I was wrecked by the love of God in that moment and realizing that no matter how far I was running no matter how sinful I am like pushing Elizabeth (laughs) 
in, in the cornfield and leaving her. <laughs> um, you know, pushing God aside, you know, pushing other things aside and me just trucking along. God was always right next to me. Like, this is not just the story of the prodigal son coming home to his father uh, and, like, running, like, to get there. And it's, like, this theatrical meetup. This is, God's already right next to me. Like, he was already there. He was already coming towards me. He's been there with me because I already have God uh, in a relationship with God. And so it's as simple as me just repenting and giving my fears, giving my sinfulness of pushing God away, pushing people away, of hatred, of unforgiveness, of um, so much more. And just saying, God, on this moment, I'm choosing to close my eyes and I'm choosing to give you my sin, to give you my desires, to give you my fears um, of and to give you my everything, God. I'm going to instead have you in my peripheral vision come to the focus of the center of who I am and how I want to live my life. And y'all, hashtag love God. Hashtag, I don't know why I'm using so many hashtags. Uh, wrecked hashtag best decision ever. Because the greatest part about the gospel, the greatest part about God and, set, and him sending Jesus on the cross for us to die for our sins is that it's not just a moment or a movement in a moment of first initially accepting Jesus. It's something that changes us forever, forever on the daily. And that was just another blessing that I got to experience that day of how the gospel changes me and how much I fall short of it. But yet God still loves me and pursues me through that. And how he still has more for me in that. And so it's just so amazing how much he renews us. And how much he gives us new life and a new heart. And he eradicates um, those walls. And so I'm just so thankful for a God like that. And a father like that. I say this all to you. Uh, because I had so many fears and so much anxiety. And uh, just with, you know, just some things in our world. Let's, let's be real. COVID-19 and the election and uh, the systematic racism and all this other different things that we're, we're facing as a community of this world is just a lot. And it's there's a lot of fear that naturally can be produced in that. And then also just some other practical things of like, you know, God, will I, oof, this pain, like, will it be here forever? And uh, in that same sermon at church this last week, we talked about how there was another speaker and he said that that God's delay is not God's denial. I'm going to say that again. For those of you who are listening who are angry at God or who are like, Abigail, that's all great. And then you had this experience, but like God's not ever been there for me. In fact, I just watched the episode of This Is Us, the new one. Hey, yo, if you're a This Is Us fan, where Jack is basically screaming at God, saying, God, like, you can't do this. You can't take my wife. She was about to have labor and he was worried about her dying. And he was saying, like, basically, I got the short end of the stick this whole time. And he was just screaming at God. If you're Jack in this moment, I just want to let you know that God is still not angry at you. He is still not going to turn from you. He is not intimidated by your anger or your fear or your hurt. And that he has not, he has not repeated, turned his back on you or forgotten you or forsaken you or disappointed in you. God just loves you. 
And he wants you to be able to experience more of his love for you and the amazing blessings and uh, wisdom and truth that comes from being in relationship with him. I just want you to say that, like, hear that because I think a lot of times we're afraid of that, that fear of like, God's gonna, he's, he's just disappointed. And that's where I felt a little bit, um, with me pushing away all these things. It's like, God, I don't feel like I can even turn my face to you. Like, I feel like you're just going to be disappointed in whatever. And that's an incorrect character of God. He's not disappointed. He's not, your fear, your anger is not bigger than God. In fact, God is the, um, he is implicit. I think that's the word and, and personal at the same time. So he's still the same dude, same God that created the world. And he's also the same God. He sent Jesus, um, to die in the sin for a cross, which means that God's personal. God, he knows our emotions. He knows our feelings. So just like Jack screaming, God feels those emotions. God feels the angry. God feels, uh, sadness. God feels those things. God created our emotions. So don't be surprised if he actually understands them or has them himself. God is a God who can relate to us even though he is omnipresent and omnipotent. And that omnipresence, omni means all, which means he's everywhere. So no matter if you're like me who is running or has been running on a cornfield or maybe you are that person who stopped finally and, and taking a breath and looking up and saying like, God, like, can I, can I open my eyes? Is something going to pop out? Like, are you not going to be there? Or are you going to be there in a mass yelling at me? That's not God. And if that's the image of God you have, I invite you to explore more and ask God to reveal who he truly is to you. Cause I promise, um, uh, he won't disappoint with that said, so like all these things is fear. Like I, uh, don't really know like who this is for because this podcast was supposed to be 15 minutes and it's almost 40. So I don't know if this is helping or like relating to anybody, but man, this is just where I'm at. No matter those moments where fear strikes me or when those things come up in life, uh, to close my eyes and to surrender to God and to ask him to guide me. And so um, in that moment of like talking to that man in the coffee shop, the insight in realizing that Jesus is the goal, Jesus, God, being with him, he, that's my dream. Just because uh, God may delay things, it doesn't mean his denial. That's where I was getting at in all that tangent. Meaning that like Jack, God's delay does not mean his denial. Jack didn't think there was uh, good ahead, but God had more. He gave him more of a family, even though there was grief, even though there was loss, richer family than he ever had as a kid. Um, now God does not owe us that, but God, man, he, he wants the best for us. And, uh, and he does want the desires of our hearts to be met. And so like Jack really not wanting to be like his father and wanting this intimate family, um, uh, he got that. He had to work for it, even when he was scared, even when it was hard. Um, and so, uh, that was a good reminder for me in the aspect of walking away from that day in the coffee shop. I thought God didn't want me to 
be in anything along the lines of ministry, and yet he continually gives me a passion to talk about him. And I think I've been convincing myself, like, Abigail, you don't need to do it all the time. Um, or like, yeah, get over it, grow up, get a good big girl job. And it's like, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, I love Jesus, and that's who I am, no matter what job I have. Um, and uh, I've always had this passion and this dream to... Uh, pursue seminary and uh, so I I literally felt like a switch flipped in my heart and it was like God this this delay of being able to study theology or do different things that I really want to do I felt like that was God's denial the opportunities I've had in my short 21 years to be able to serve in amazing places have been great but it's been frustrating when I haven't felt peace about accepting some of the roles that I think I could see myself in. And being in different organizations or different ministries or different colleges. And then finally at that moment, I felt the switch in my heart say, Abigail, baby girl, go for it. Uh, me changing my career path looks like instead of pursuing a grad school degree for clinical counseling, it looks like pursuing seminary. Even though I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, even though I don't know what that's going to look like, even though I don't understand any of it, you know, but all the fears of financial and also all the fears of inadequacy that I've felt or heard, Abigail, like you're a woman, you can't study theology, whatever. Nah, y'all, I am a woman. I'm just letting you know I am a woman. That's, that is fact. So they were not wrong. <laughs> fact, I am a woman. I am a woman. That's just, you know, my whatever gender or sex but uh but more than that I'm God's kid which means I want to spend time with my heavenly father and I want to know more aspects about who he is and I want to delight in more of his character and I want to come with him with my anger and my questions in a whole new way uh and so I'm studying theology and doing things that I can now but I want more I want more and the fact is, is that God, like I said, he's implicit and he's also personal. If God is truly the creator of the universe, which I do believe he is, then he, nothing's going to fall apart from me taking apart the Bible, from having questions, from pursuing um, uh, debates, from uh, analyzing things. <laughs> Just like nothing's going to fall apart if you show him your anger or give it to him. And so, uh, I'm trying to say is that there's so many things in your life right now, as in you, that you have desires in your heart to have a family, to have a kid, to um, uh, start a job, to go to college, to uh, maybe be an influencer, maybe do um, your own business, maybe just have more friends. You have so many desires in your heart that many of you in this moment might feel like, gosh, God, I've been dealt the wrong end of the stick. And where are you? Because I feel like every moment of the step of this life that I've been oppressed, I've been put down, I've been rejected, and that you have not been there and that you have not shown up. I've only felt denial from you, God. Maybe you're in that spot. I promise you, I promise you, he's not denied you. 
He's not denied you. And yes, your feelings are adequate. Or adequate, valid, legitimate, I don't know. But I promise you, just like those people in those masks on the hunting trail, they're also fleeting and they're also false at times. As scary as they are, they are actually false sometimes. See, those freaky people, they're just people trying to make a commission off of scaring people. So when you truly look at a fear face on, you can truly see it for what it is. So just like staring at that clown, I had a realization that this is not an actual clown. That this is just a person. Underneath all of the ugliness, it's just a person. And it kind of takes the power out of the fear. So what in your life can you look at and slowly examine and be like, it's just, it's just doubt. It's just somebody else's insecurities. It's just reality of that this is a broken world. My encouragement for you this week is to have hope and dare to believe that just because you may feel like you're being denied um, in areas of your life that there is not um, uh, going to be denial forever, uh, but that, that there's actual hope that we can have right now. And so I promise you that God will meet the desires of your hearts, but not in the timing, not in the ways and... Um, and how you expect it. But I also promise you that he's going to give you something more rich than you can ever experience, which is him. More rich than any job or whatever. And more, more peace and more joy. That no matter what trail you're on, that you'll always be able to walk through that in pace and in peace. Even when it's the scariest thing you've ever experienced. Because he'll be right there next to you. So. In that. How are you going to face your fears this week? How, what are you going to do? What fears are you going to face forward? And how are you going to close your eyes and fix your eyes on Jesus? Because I promise you that's the only way you'll be able to truly face them. And truly deface them for what they are. So, with that, now I'm going to read you a scripture <laughs> that uh, we're just going to leave uh, on this note. Because <clears throat> uh, I believe that, you know, scripture is truth. And yeah. And so bear with me because I think I might mispronounce um, uh, one of these words and you'll probably figure out which word it is. The scripture is Psalm 102, 25 through 27. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you endure. They will all wear out like a garment. You change them like a raiment, and they pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The scripture is talking about God, and that no matter what, he is the same no matter what. Which means no matter what, he will always be omnipresent no matter what. He will always be your dad and no matter what, he 
will always be your savior and no matter what he will always love you you so if you have never felt love and if you've never been told you're loved know that there's a god who's never ending and his love for you and his desire to know you is never ending he wants to walk with you through this life. He wants to be there with you through the fear. He wants you to help navigate that. He wants you to be free of that fear. There's a God, and there's a Heavenly Father who truly cares about what you care about, both your desires and your doubts. So I invite you to open yourself up to Him because it's the only thing He's the only thing. Man, <laughs> he is the only thing that honestly gets me through every day. And so I invite you to see if he can do the same for you. Because I promise he will. Well, in what was supposed to be a 10 to 15 minute podcast turned into a 50 minute podcast. So this obviously might be for somebody or not, or if anything, you just get deeper insight in all the weird things I do. Um, but I love you all. Have a safe, safe, safe Halloween. And uh, hopefully talk to you all soon. <laughs>